setting the record straight on the Oliver Reed story. Here we go. So he died from a heart attack. It was during a break on set with Gladiator, which we're about to get into in this episode, but we wanted to set the legend straight. Here we go. So on the afternoon of like May 2nd, 99, according to witnesses, he drank eight pints of German lager, a dozen shots of rum, half a bottle of whiskey, and a few shots of Hennessy cognac. And because he was in a drinking match against a group of soldiers who were on shore leave from the HMS Cumberland at a pub called, get this, The Pub. So anyway, he consumed all this, won the drinking match, arm wrestled all these dudes, then collapsed, but dangerous legend. Right? It's an incredible... Obviously, we're not condoning alcoholism, but Oliver Reed, you know, talking about uh, ancient Rome and touching the gods, well... He did. Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. series it's actually a big oscar winner for that year one best picture they give russell crowe an oscar for best actor um if i remember correctly he wore his grandfather's army medallion to the ceremony and then won the oscar uh movies directed by ridley scott he's a like one of the pinnacles of directing he's like one of the major directors people should know who he is i mean if we run some of his greatest hits you could say like there's Alien, Legend, um, Blade Runner. Blade Runner, yeah. Emma Louise his, goes uh, on and on. Yeah, yeah. Black. And uh, Matchstick Men. Black, Black Hawk Down. Yeah, there's a, there's a laundry list. And he's, in, he's like one of my top directors. And then, I mean, the movie's about ancient Rome. I was telling Dave a second ago, like, hey, fuck ancient Rome. I'm kind of tired of ancient Rome. It doesn't mean anything to me. And, and, uh, <laughs> everybody in the movie's made up, except for uh, Marcus Aurelius, who you see in the beginning of the movie. But it's not about him. It's about this general that works for him, who he wants to turn over the empire to. He's got a son and a daughter. Um, you get to Commodus see... Commodus and... Yeah. So you get to see Russell Crowe kill the Joker and save Rome. Oops, spoiler but, alert. Yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert. You know, the movie's 20 years old. I can't help you if you haven't seen it by now. Um, so Russell Crowe plays this guy Maximus, he's like, top general. Actually, what's funny is the movie opens up with them battling the Germanic tribes, right? Right. And actually, those would be the good guys, technically. Rome is conquering the whole world, so you'd be sympathetic to the people that they're conquering. Do you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, whoops. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So Maximus, you're a great guy. You helped us, like, take over the world. And then, uh... You know, he gets screwed over. I mean, it seems like everybody that serves Rome gets screwed over, but they're also trapped in their positions. I was talking about that with Dave. Like, they're just, like, stuck in their roles, and they can't escape. Um, you know, the general wants to retire, so to speak, and go home, because he hasn't been home in, like, years, right? Years, yeah. He wants to go Which, home and become a farmer. That's Yeah, and that seems to be a common thing with these Roman movies, is they always talk about that. Like, the soldiers get recruited when they're kids, and then they serve, like, 20 years, and then they finally go home. I don't know what the deal is with the how long you have to serve Rome, but... What are you saying, Dave? Today seems like Rome? Like, we're in the, we're in the days of Rome, is that what you're saying? 
Well, uh, earlier when we were talking, you were saying, oh, screw Rome. Yeah. Which I see to a point, but I mean, we kind of have to learn from our history because I feel like we're kind of going through these times now, which is the philosophy of Roman times was, you know, keep the people fed and entertained and they'll follow you wherever you want. Eh, you know, we're, we're not too far off from that nowadays. Hmm. <laughs> What's shit going on? We're constantly having entertainment shoving down our shoved down our throat. We don't question things. Well, not not everybody, but I don't know. Maybe that's just me on my high horse. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Um, you know, it's funny about the the beginning of the movie is like, I think they use like half of a take or an outtake of something. It happens really fast, but like in the beginning of the battle, it like when the Roman soldiers are first like clashing with the Germanic hordes or whatever, right? The barbarians. Mm-hmm. It's like I saw a shot of a barbarian like laughing and like walking among Roman soldiers. It was I was like, holy shit. I wanted to pause it. I was like, is he like one of the stunt guys dressed up as a barbarian, but he was like coordinating something on the set and they used like, you know what I'm saying? Like they used like footage from like right. a certain part of that. And, but it happened to catch like that in the take or whatever, you know? Well, this, this movie's uh this movie's notorious for having like at least two that I'm aware of, like famous uh, fucked up shots where like really? one, yeah, there's one, um, I, I couldn't tell you at which battle, maybe in the beginning where there's like, uh, a stagehand or something in the shot and, and noted, realizes and steps out like he's clearly Holy wearing jeans. He's clearly wearing jeans and shit. See, I hadn't heard uh, that about Gladiator. This, and then there's another. Like, the scope of this movie is huge. There's a ton of people running around, you know. Right. Um, and what's the other flub? The other flub is uh, again, it's uh, during the chariot scene, but there's like a. Oh. I guess there's a part where you can clearly see like the hydraulic tank or something that like. Uh, gets one of the chariots to, like, fly in the air for whatever reason. So, like, there's clearly, you can see the mechanics of how it does Oh, that. yeah, like, two chariots crash into the wall, and then, like, one chariot is propelled back into the, like, underneath the stadium where they keep all the gladiators, like, where they're waiting to come out of. Yeah. So that's probably that part. Probably happens yeah. to that part. I, I didn't notice any of that stuff. Um, but like well, I said, no, I it's, saw, it's like, kind of blinking, you'll miss it, yeah. Yeah. Um, but... So dude gets royally screwed in the beginning of the movie. Like, he refuses the position with the emperor. The emperor's son kills the emperor, and then they blame the general, and they, they say, execute the general. He's trying to get back to his ranch in Spain or something, and yeah. Russell Crowe's not Spanish at all, but they keep calling him the Spaniard in the movie, and that's where his villa is. But his wife and son, they get killed. That sets off the movie. He's wounded. He gets nursed back to health by this guy that I just called a healer. It's, um... Is it Dijon Hansu? That, wow. I didn't know that's what... I thought his name was, like, Damon Hassan. But, yeah, that it's that guy. I, I could be saying it wrong. I, I don't, don't know. know. That sounded pretty good to me. But he's an actor that crops up. He was just in, recently in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Um, and Captain Marvel, actually. They brought his character back. Um, he's a good actor, and he pops up in a lot of stuff. But, uh... Yeah, yeah he he's, plays, a, he's a really good actor, yeah. He plays one of the two friends of the general, like... There's, and there's a Germanic guy who actually makes jokes. He's like, did you have campaigns in Germany? You know what I mean? Like, uh, insinuating that, you know, he knows Maximus killed, like, all his cousins. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. So these two gladiators help him. They're, like, in the Middle East somewhere with, like, a former gladiator who's played by Oliver Reed. And Oliver Reed's, like, a classic actor. You can go look up his shit. Um, yeah, I think this was his last movie role. In fact, yeah, I he's think almost he... unrecognizable in this movie. I didn't even know it was him until, like, we were getting ready to talk about this movie. I, I don't know why I had it in my mind that his character, um, or he, he was actually played by Omar Sharif. I was thinking of, like, um, huh. 
uh, uh, not a, um, uh, Egyptian actor because he he looks very I don't know that's the time. Oh, he got a, he got a hell of a good tan for this movie. That's for damn sure. Um, well, if I remember right, he died during the production or something. That like this is one of the first movies they had to do, kind of like what they did on the the Crow, which um, like CGI his oh, head I on. Know, I didn't know that. I, I think uh, I'm almost positive he did, and I think Richard Harris was in this too. Oh yeah, Richard well, Harris is, is, is uh, King Marcus Aurelius, Aurelius or Marcus Aurelius, yeah. Marcus Aurelius, yeah. Who um, was Caesar? But he didn't let them call him Caesar. Like he was called Marcus Aurelius. Like that's a true thing. Like all the Caesars take the name Caesar, but he didn't. Um, I'm pretty sure that's how the history goes. But anyway, he wrote a couple laws. There's some modern laws that are based on the shit that he was devising, but. Um, I don't know anything about his kid. Like I said, I don't think the kids are real because I don't remember reading anything about Marcus Aurelius's kids doing anything. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, and Commodus is like a true coward, but he's played to a T by, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, but you'd almost think like Joaquin Phoenix must have had some daddy issues. I know I knew he was raised by his dad off the commune in South America and wasn't with the other Phoenixes for a little while, so... I don't know what that situation is like, but he's like, it, through this whole movie, he's like ready to burst in, into tears, like, every time you see him, you know what I mean? Like, he, he's like, super yeah, unstable, he... but sensitive, like, you know, like, um, and this is one of his first breakout roles, I think he was nominated for it, but obviously he didn't win, but, uh. Yeah, he, I think he was nominated, um, yeah, this is like, uh. Yeah, this is where he kind of his star kind of raised. I mean, we talked about him before, like in things like Parenthood, when he was a kid, kid actor. But yeah. I think this is when he was like uh, becoming an adult. Well, this was a huge movie. This was like one of the biggest movies to come out in the early two thousands, and also kind of set the pace. Like there was like movies before Gladiator, and then movies after. And there was like, right. a period of like five years where everybody was like just trying to get Gladiator made. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like well, the, the, the this... next Gladiator. You know, with the exception of, like, a few scenes, I forgot, like, how um, classically told this movie is. It doesn't, uh, oh. with, like, with the exception of, like, a few scenes, like, the dream, dream sequences, it felt, like, very old-school filmmaking. Yeah, that's, like, that's they, true. Um, you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Ridley Scott must have been a fan of, like, all the sword and sandal movies. Like, right. Spartacus and the original Ben-Hur. Like, he, he must have, like, really dug all those, those, those movies, you know? And, uh, yeah, and then employed because honestly, this is like a paint by numbers story. Like, yeah, I was gonna say the story, the storyline, the plot is very, very simple actually. Yeah, it's like every other gladiator movie, like literally, like someone gets has some connection to, like you know, Roman's royalty. They're betrayed, and they're stuck in the gladiator pit. You, you know what I mean? There's the, you, right. you can pull ten movies off the shelf, and they're exactly like that. The difference um. is. Like, I was looking for, like, why is it Oscar-worthy? Like, why did Russell Crowe turn in a performance that's, like, genuine? And I was like, oh. Well, he kind of played it with compassion. He was soft-spoken. Like, he didn't really go, like, full machismo where he's just, like, all muscles and yelling, right? Like, yeah. usually big roles like this, the actor would just be angry and be, like, yelling his emotions. He didn't, he, he didn't do that. Like, he played it pretty, like, on he's the level... And, uh, yeah, he's kind of subdued almost. Yeah. And then I was thinking, like, he looks really torn apart when he finds his family crucified, you know? Um, they don't really show you, they, like, allude to it, and they show you, like, the feet dangling, but he looks, like, really right. broken up, you know? So that's what I'm looking for. I'm, he, like, there's parts in the movie where he looks genuinely sad, 
which is hard to play. And then, like I said, he could have just played it pure testosterone, but he really didn't do that. Um, you know, but he's made some mistakes later on down the road in his career. Like, he's had some, some movies where he hit a foul ball, you know, with the his emotionality. Like, he obviously didn't play... He was singing in a movie, and that went wrong for him. You know, that William oh, is a Rob. Yeah. Which yeah. is hilarious, because he's actually a singer in a band. Yeah, but like a metal band. He, so, again, he's like got an aggressive person profile, you know what I mean? And uh, look at his character he plays in L.A. Confidential, right? Oh, yeah. Like, that's who you think Russell Crowe would play in all his movies, including this Gladiator Maximus role, but he doesn't. he's not like that in this movie. Um, I do not care for... It's Annette Benning playing the sister, right? In in this movie? Yeah. Isn't no, that, no, it's no. um Is Connie Nielsen. Oh, Connie Nielsen, whatever. Anyway, so Marcus Release <laughs> has two kids. Commodus, we've already established, is the evil prince and uh, takes over things and fucks things up. But he's also, he's got a thing for a sister. And she has a kid, so she's trying to protect her kids. She, she goes along with everything, and she's just fucking annoying through the whole goddamn movie. Like... I gave her credit before when I watched it, but now that I watch it this time, I don't like her in this movie at all, man. Like, I can't really? without her, yeah. See, and now, I haven't seen this since it was first on video, so you're talking like, I don't know, we'll say 19 years. Hmm. Um, and I was really struck by her, actually, because, like, she said it a couple times, like, she's in fear of her life and her son's life because, you know, Commodus is nuts. Well, and like she's I said, afraid. there's a running theme in this movie, everybody's trapped in their position. Like, nobody can right. leave their, like, their role. You know, like, they're all doomed. They're all tragic characters. Right. Even Commodus. They're all tragic. They None of them can alter their fate. They're all, like, headed towards, like, a collision course, you know? Um, yeah, I could see that. Um, but, I, I, like, I, I, there, I had a longing for something in this movie. Like, when they talk about his army being ready to come back and fight with him and, like, that they're supposedly camping outside the city, like, I thought we, at the end of this movie originally, and I kind of wanted it to happen again, is like, that we were going to have this major battle between two armies, you know what I mean? And then I was like, okay, I see that. I see why they didn't do it, because the whole thing was, it like lives, this movie lives or dies inside the gladiator pit, right? In the Coliseum. So, of course it's going to end in the Coliseum, you know? Right. Um, and it's weird that, like, they set you up for this, like, he gets wounded the same way. Like, he gets his, his arm hurt at the beginning of the movie and almost dies. And then they mm-hmm. intentionally, they like, they like hamstring him at the end of the movie, right? They cheat the fight, right? Commodus hamstrings him or has him hamstrung or whatever, so he's like bleeding to death. Yeah, you know, he gets him like right arena. under the shoulder. So he's like having, he basically his one arm, uh, I can't remember if he stabbed his left or right shoulder, but basically yeah. his one arm is useless. Well, they so tore, like, yeah, they tore into like um, a vein or a tent or like a, uh, is there an artery in your arm? There's something in your arm that like. Anyway. Well, just like, he, I think he's stabbing, like, right under the shoulder in the back. Like, so basically just rendering that arm useless. Yeah. Like, it's, uh, it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> I mean, um, uh, one, one thing I forgot about this movie is how gory it is for this type of movie. Like, blood flies hmm. everywhere. Um. Yeah. Lots, lots of violence. Lots of fighting. And they bring, they bring back an old school stuntman who was in, like, I think both Conans and a lot of Schwarzenegger movies. He's like a, uh, he might be Austrian as well, but he's the big guy that they come in as like a famous gladiator in here during the Tiger Bout. 
Like, mm. he's wearing a special armor that looks like a tiger, but then they have two tigers in the arena. And he's like, oh, we were about to die, salute you. That guy? Was it, oh, was it the um, the guy that said they pulled him out of five-year retirement or whatever? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the retired gladiator coming in to fight Maximus. Yeah. Um, I guess it was obvious that the Emperor was going to find out that Maximus was the one down in the arena the, the whole time. Um, seemed like that happened quickly. Um, Proximo being the guy that was in charge of him and his little group coming from, uh, I guess you were saying, maybe Egypt? I'm not exactly sure where they were. Like Morocco or some, you know, somewhere like that, somewhere um, Middle East looked yeah. like. Which is weird, though, because like, how did he get there? Because he went from Germany, essentially, back to Spain, and then what's close to Spain? He like cro- across the Arabian Peninsula? I don't even know how close that is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like halfway around the world. Um, uh, it is cool that they give a, a second to let you know that his friend got away, though. The one who said he had kids, too, was the guy, like we said, the, the healer. The guy mm. called the healer. He was like, you know, all of a sudden, like, you'll see them again, but not yet. And I'll see them again, but not yet. Then right. I'll meet you again, but not yet. That kind of whole thing. So it's clear that he's going to go home, at least at the end of the movie. It, Maximus's other allies pretty much get killed. Um, but yeah, you you think the movie setting you up for this giant climactic, uh, you know, battle between two armies on the steps of Rome, you know, for control. But that's not that doesn't happen. It all goes down inside the arena. In fact, um, this movie's so long and so epic. It's almost like two movies in one. First, like this setup and betrayal takes so long, right? Right. And then the rest of the movie is essentially in the arena. Like, every scene is centered around the arena, and that's like a whole movie by itself. Like, you could have actually met him in the arena. And right. Then, and then, like, backtracked how he got there and the rest of the story. Um, yeah, they made this movie to be, like, the best of these types of movies, I guess, and, like, and to hearken to, like, there are so many, like, B-movies that are about gladiators. There, there's, like, hundreds of them, you know? Right. Like, there's even some with Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> you know oh, the Hercules! Mean? Yeah, there's yeah, a ton of them. Like the, so there's a bunch of them, and I think they're just called sword and sandal, right? Because they take place. Well, in it, the sands it was a huge genre. This yeah. was a huge genre in the '50s and '60s. Because I mean, I mean, yes, you're right. There's a lot of uh, B movies, but I mean, they also like made A movies out of these. I mean, Ben Hur and Spartacus are right. basically these types of movies, and those were Academy Award winners. So yeah, not, well, Kirk Douglas, who played Spartacus, like that's probably Kirk Douglas's best movie or the biggest movie that people know about but there's also i think it's called the rogue which is oh well, yeah that was a, uh, a yeah there's a ton of them during yeah, the time exactly. yeah so it's either biblical or it's gladiator or it's cowboys but these it was like the thing you know like, right oh and don't the coen brothers do like a joke isn't there like a gladiator type oh, movie inside of that yes movie in made? um in um god damn i it's love that movie too hollywood, fi- hollywood fixer um uh, played by, right um Hell Caesar. Yeah, Hell Caesar, exactly. Yeah, they're doing a Roman movie in in, in that gladiator-style thing, yeah. Yeah, that's actually a really good movie. Uh, people shit on it, but I really like Hell Caesar. Oh, no, I love that movie. I even love having Christopher Lambert in there playing a flamboyant director of the, the musical movie. Oh, I was like, right. what an obscure actor to pull in there, the Highlander, put him in a freaking Coen Brothers movie. Like, I don't know how they arrived at that point, but that was really cool. Right. Um, and then, like, they have, like, the, it's like the Red Scare, right? Like, they have the communists, like, uh, <laughs> invading yeah. Hollywood, right? Like, the McCarthyism stuff. And it, but, but in the movie, 
like it's it's a fantasy in real life, but what's funny is in the movie it's real. Like right, it's really yes. happening. That's pretty funny. Um Who else is in that movie? A lot of people. Oh, Scarlett Johansson, yeah. I think. Tell yeah, Jonah Hill's in there is like the accountant, like the studio accountant. He pops up at one point. Um, um Ray Oh my god, there's that scene that that scene with Ray Fiennes and uh, the kid who went on to be Han Solo in that movie. Uh, the twerit twerit simple twerit. Yeah. So the the kid that was hired because he can't act, and then he goes on to play Han Solo. And the criticism of the Han Solo movie is this actor sucks. <laughs> like, oh, that's yeah, you're right. Really unfair, he, actually. No, no, it's not unfair. Like he's literally hired. Yeah. He was literally hired in Hell Caesar because he couldn't really. He didn't have any range, and then they put him in a movie, and they're like, this guy, what's going on? <laughs> like, yeah, there's a reason, David. I didn't think he was bad as Han Solo. He's being really nice tonight, folks. He's being really, he's just giving everybody, like, generous ropes. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I could take stuff away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw some shit this week, too, but, you know. Well, here's the, th- here's the thing, like, I, I, and, and I just thought, like, well, I guess Russell Crowe won you over with Beautiful Mind. Because I just don't think he's like he's like one of your top guys. You know? Um, I can give or take Russell Crowe. I don't love him, but I don't hate him. He's just yeah. uh, he does he does good in the movies he's in, but I'm not. Uh, Did Russell like Crowe is in that Waterfinder movie or whatever. Where uh, I didn't. World War One. He can't or not World War One. What what is it? It's like the Armenian genocide or something. The Water Diviner or whatever. Yeah. No, I, I know. I didn't see it. I know he directed it. That was like his directorial effort. Was it his little baby? It's pretty good. It's interesting. Um, I'm trying to think of besides Gladiator. Oh, well, uh, well, we talked about L.A. Confidential. I like that. Well, L.A. Confidential. Um, what about Virtuosity? Oh, shit. Virtuosity. Is he the good guy? And if Denzel Washington is the bad guy inside virtual reality, how does that work? Nah. The other way around. around. Oh. Alright. Um, well, to the end. I know. I'm trying to I'm trying to think. I mean, he's, he's in tons of stuff, but yet... Uh... He's worked with Rosa Crowe a few times. He even did that Goodyear movie, but I never did see that. Huh. But R- Russell Crowe, really Scott. Oh, actually, you movie know what? About wine. Do you know what I liked most recently that he was in? He's in that um, the movie with the two private detectives with uh, Ryan Gosling. Oh, the good guys. It's like, yeah, it's like the seventies or whatever, and like yeah, that was a great movie. Like a actually. porn scandal or something, and then uh, they're like uh, something to do with the weird intersection between porn and, and the auto industry, but. Um, him pounding around with Ryan Gosling in that movie is pretty interesting. Right. Uh, I forgot he was in Noah. He was in Noah. Oh. Yeah. Dude. And you know my love for fantasy movies. Uh, Noah is like a great fantasy movie. Like, there's Despite monsters. Despite being also a Bible movie, but it doesn't really follow what, it that closely. <laughs> there's monsters and magic. And, and I guess technically Noah. <laughs> but but right. it's, it's pretty yeah. damn good. What yeah. else? Um... Trying to see what else he's been in that's been really good or that I've enjoyed. Um, oh, American Gangster! I forgot about that. Three Ten to Yuma was really good. Oh, he does. He got nominated for American Gangster, I think. Both him and Denzel. So. That's another good movie. He played that guy pretty well. Like I don't know if he actually met the guy or if the guy was dead. The, the detective from that movie. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, oh, Cinderella Man kind of gets overlooked a lot. That's a really good movie. You know what? Yeah. So he's done at least three movies that I love: Gladiator, Cinderella Man, and the, the American. Gangster. Gangster movie. So, he's... And all the characters ah, are vastly I fucking... Yeah, I oh. fucking forgot he was in Quick and the Dead. 
Oh, that's one of his first roles where the it's very obscure. Like his accent is really thick. His Australian accent is really thick, and like nobody, you know, he's like he hasn't he's like not him yet. You know what I'm saying? He's just like a guy in a movie. You know? Right. Um. And he's over, and he's a little overshadowed by Gene Hackman. I think I think at the time Gene Hackman was probably the most famous guy in the movie. Right. Um, Gene Hackman, Lance Henriksen, uh, Sharon Leonardo Stone. DiCaprio. Yeah, and Leo wasn't really Leo then either. Like, that was his, like, no, second movie. this was pre-Titanic, movie. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, again, so that movie, if you want to go back and look at stars that hadn't broken out yet, you know, you can go watch this Western. Um, what is it called? Actually, that's actually uh, The Quick and the Dead. Yeah, The Quick and the Dead. You have to look for the one from Sam Raimi, because, like, a lot of movies are called The Quick and the Dead. <laughs> I bet. It's probably a thing, right? Yeah. Um, freaking A. Freaking A. Oh! I finally watched Kevin Smith's movie about Kevin Smith, about being about Kevin Smith. Um, what? Exactly. <laughs> Wait, which movie was this? This is his new one, Jane Silent Bob Reboot. Oh, he yeah, I saw like, that a few weeks ago. I did... He goes <sighs> into like a movie world within a movie world within a movie world. Right. Because there's a Blunt Man and Chronic, which is based on Jane Silent Bob's life, and the also Blunt Man and Chronic thing that he created in his Kevin Smith you know, universe... But then he right. had Kevin Smith show up, and he was referencing his wife and daughter, who were actually in the movie playing other characters, but he brought them into the view of universe like they were real people that existed in that universe. Um, but you know what this movie is? It's literally just an acting reel for his kid, just for his daughter. Like, you know, there were two scenes where she cried, and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, that's what it is. Like, this is this is Harley Quinn's acting reel, you know? Well, that was the end of the movie, too, is they, like, it was all to do with about sequels and reboots, and the idea was, like, our children are our sequels and our reboots. And oh, my God. I, I, you know, I, 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 I'm a long, I'm a long-standing Kevin Smith fan. I've been for years, but this, I watched it, and it just kind of glazed over me. Like, mm. I didn't, I wasn't offended, I wasn't pissed off, but it was just, like, very empty calories. Um, which is sad for me to say because I've been I've I love Kim well they Smith, didn't but... have to reboot it because they did Jane Silent Bob Strike Back and that would have been a, that could have ended the universe that would have been fine because that brought everybody back right it brought the Mallrats back it brought everybody back from his other movies into that one you know what I mean I mean right. again he did a shared universe like all his characters encounter each other if you read the comic books they all overlap and intersect with each other so it's okay that he did this this tie off but it's kind of unnecessary I guess that's the kind of feeling you know like. Right. And it is fan service, but then he missed some people, like, Randall wasn't there, you know, like, he had, um, he had them sitting what? at a comic book table or whatever at the convention, but there were definitely some I think people. a lot of it was timing, too, because, like, he shot it on a, you know, uh, had to schedule people around it, like, yeah, uh, that's true. Um, like, he almost, like, in fact, like, the whole scene with Ben Affleck wasn't originally conceived, like, they, um, from my understanding, they mended their friendship while the movie was in production, and Kevin Smith got him to come and do a day shoot and, like, wrote him a monologue really fast to do in that movie. And I wonder if that was really Jay's kid, the daughter, in that scene. Like, that was somebody's kid. Um, Playing Ben yeah. Affleck's kid. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. Um... But Jay looks like shit. He's clearly he's like, a recovered crackhead. His lower jaw looks like it's ready to fall off. Oh, um, yeah, he's struggled for years with that. Yeah, a lot of people look like shit. Joey Lauren Adams looked like shit. Like, a lot of people just look wrecked. Well, you know, you also got to realize that this is, like, close to 25 years past some of those movies. I mean, you know, it's been yeah. 25 years since Mallrats. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not everybody's going to hold up that well. But, 
Yeah, it was okay. I I I was kind of disappointed, but you know, it's fine. I wouldn't tell people not so, to watch it. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess for the in-universe jokes, if you've seen all his other stuff and then you watch this, you'll get the uh, right. You'll get it. I'll tell you what you can skip or watch, depending on what you think. Um, I actually. <laughs> I actually watched the the cats the the cats movie this week. Oh, David, why did you do that to yourself? Because I'm I'm a I have to watch when something is claimed to be that bad. I had I had to at least watch it or check it out, and it is true. Every everything you've heard about that movie is fucking true. It is that bad, <laughs> but it's fascinating. It's fucking. Fa- I haven't seen a movie on that level by a big studio that poured that much money into it. That fucked up this badly. Since Catwoman? You know what? Catwoman is terrible, but at least it's competent, at least. I mean, in the filmmaking, it's not my cup of tea, but it's not, like, poorly made. Like, this is fucking terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, there's good things about it. Like, there's good production design and stuff, but then you see what they did with the CGI and the faces, and it's fucking terrifying. It's Mm -hmm. fucking weird. (laughs) So watch it or don't. It's def- I'm telling you, dude. Cats is going to become like a Rocky Horror or the Room type experience in the future. People are going to like have showings of it and scream out at it. Mark my word. So there's no clean break on this episode, folks. I'm just going to say this: um, you can take David's advice and go watch Cats. You can reevaluate the Catwoman movie that I mentioned with Halle Berry. That's fucking horrible. You can yeah. go watch a Kevin Smith movie if you so desired, or you can watch Russell Crowe in any of the movies that we've mentioned. Would be a great way to cap off your week. And we'll be back with brand new binge watchers next week. Um, same binge channel, same binge time. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs>